In 2018, Germany crashed out in the group stage of a World Cup for the first time. In 2022, they're already behind the eight ball. Their clumsy and needless defeat to Japan has put them under enormous pressure as they face a Spain side that shredded Costa Rica with a minimum of fuss. Are we heading for another Deutschland disaster? I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is World Cup Only Better. No disasters when it comes to my top tipping team. Mark O'Hare's dragged himself out of the bet cave to talk to us, Mark. Germany, quite frankly, only had themselves to blame for their 2-1 defeat at Japan. Uh, I was tempted to throw things at the TV, quite frankly. 1-0 uh, up, made numerous chance chances to wrap up the game. Uh, Jamal Musiala had a couple of great opportunities that he couldn't hit the target with and then just folded under pressure. Yep. Um, not a huge amount I can add to that, really. Um, game should have been done and dusted by half time, but we've said that about a few teams already, uh, particularly Argentina against Saudi Arabia. But um, I think that was the concern, really. I was I was kind of surprised with the makeup of the back four. Um, didn't didn't look steady, and um, I guess against the Japanese player. I mean, we, we all know the Japanese strength is it is in forward areas. So they got pace, they got trickery, they got ability. Perhaps not a, a clinical edge, but they certainly showed it when they got their opportunities against Germany. And uh, Hansi Flick quite rightly getting criticised for for making the substitutions when he did, and then particularly taking off certain players who were perhaps kind of holding things together for Germany quite quite nicely. In Gundogan it didn't make any sense to take off Gundogan. And then mm. Musiala didn't play the whole 90 either. And you're just thinking, well, he's been your best player. <laughs> I know, it's very puzzling. So um, it's now put them in a, a very, very awkward position. Now, this is going to be box office. I think we can all agree on that, you know. But as you say, before we go overboard on Spain, you have to mention the opposition. Costa Rica were a shambles and you can only beat what's in front of you. But Spain did do it in, in some style, um, obviously. Uh, I and I'm sure many people sort of uh, pointed out they possibly have a, a lack of a, a clinical edge themselves in forward areas. But again, a surprising decision with the selection to to not have Morata in the side. I know there was talk of him being a little bit ill, uh, but uh, it looks very more, much more fluid with the front three they went with um, without a focal point. And there's obviously those two young wizards in midfield pulling the strings. It was, it was very impressive, but um, I'm not going to go overboard on them just based off the Costa Rica game. So. Um, but yeah, you would assume now things play into their hands because Germany is, is kind of all or nothing, really. But uh, I guess we'll know what Germany required here because Japan play earlier in the day against Costa Rica. You expect them to win that game. If they drop points, there is a chance that Germany, you know, with a draw against Spain, um, they'll still be reliant on Spain beating Japan then on match day three. So basically, Germany have to go for this. Um, they're playing for their futures. And I think that creates, you know, that air of desperation, that air of chaos, that air of jeopardy which we all want in these kind of matches um so we haven't got a full range of markets out yet just yet but um i think we can all possibly i, I hope so agree that there's probably going to be goals in this game there's probably going to be cards too um i think this match is perfectly suited for spain in fairness um despite what costa rica did they have had issues in the past 18 months breaking down deep line stubborn defenses uh, we've seen that in their results and their performances against the likes of sweden greece and switzerland 
Um, they're much more effective when they're given space to attack uh, and freedom, and, and Germany will give that to them regardless of, of the state of play, really. That just tends to be their way. They are a bit more gung-ho under Hansi Flick, and I think that's just going to be heightened now considering what's at stake. So I think the second half of this could be a real madness. Uh, it could just descend into a complete chaos and be one of the, the best 45 minutes, minutes of the whole competition. That's my hope anyway. But uh, in terms of a bet... Uh, don't think you can go far wrong by backing Spain to score twice or more, at 11 to 10. Feels like a big, big price considering the situation of the group. Um, also, I like the look of 15 to 8 on both teams to score in the second half. Um, I think it could be a real shootout. You know, Germany really pressing for their lives and Spain just picking them off on the counter. Uh, and irrespective, really, of of him not scoring or not assisting. I thought, as you say, Jamal Musiala was, was superb in that first game. He's 4 to 5 just to have a shot on target in this game which is a big, big price. Uh, he's 6-4 to, to score or assist. So many, many different options here for me in this match. I'm really looking forward to it. We haven't got a full range of cards markets yet, but uh, I presume a, a kind of Coles stroke uh, cards base angle would be uh, applicable too. The data doctor will see you now. Jake Oskarthorpe from InfoGoal is with us once again. Jake, Spain did look really good in that 7-0 win over Costa Rica. I think the most significant thing, even though Costa Rica were utterly, utterly awful from start to finish, at least they were getting goals from a range of players. And that's going to boost confidence going forward because you've got Dani Olmo, you've got Asensio, you've got Ferran Torres. You've got lots of different attacking options. It isn't just necessarily hinging on whether Morata has some kind of psychodrama at some stage in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely something that um, has to be seen as a massive positive. Just the fact that they're sharing the goals around. I think it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Manchester City last year before Haaland joined, where they didn't really have a massive like a focal point, a striker that scored 15, 20 goals. It was shared around. You know, Foden was in on the act, De Bruyne was in on the act. And, you know, I, I think that's really good team football. Um it definitely reduces the reliance on one person finishing the chances, such as you know the likes of uh, Poland with Lewandowski. You know, it, it does mean that there's there's much more margin for error. Um, and yeah, it, how much did we learn from that win against Costa Rica? I, to be confirmed, I think nothing because <laughs> yeah, Costa Rica were just abysmal. They didn't, they didn't have a single shot. The only team in the first round of matches not to have a single shot. Uh, so obviously they also didn't press. It was really odd, genuinely odd. Like they didn't press. They did. They weren't kicking people. I mean, if they were trying to kick everybody up in the air, you could at least go, "Well, that's fun." Uh, you can understand why they're doing that. They, they normally defend kind of ten players in and around the box. I even thought that the, the line was a bit higher than it normally tends to be. Of course, yeah. It was all just the whole thing was puzzling. High line, no pressure on the ball <laughs> against Spain. Well done. Well done, everyone involved. They just showed everyone how not to play against Spain. Uh, I think that's what they were doing. Um, but yeah, Spain, they, they did what they needed to. They created loads of chances, 3.6 XG. Interestingly, that XG total was actually lower than what Germany managed to put up against Japan, uh, which kind of shows how unfortunate oh. Germany were to not beat Japan. Um, yes, another but, gut punch for Germany there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just lay into them, why not? Um but yeah, the, the, the interesting thing around Spain is that not only did they just rack up a ton of chances against Costa Rica, but if we go back to the Euros um, last summer, so across the seven games, Euros and that first World Cup game, they've actually averaged 3.3 expected goals per game and hit over three expected goals in five of seven matches. So this is a team that are relentless when it comes to creating opportunities. Um, and the issue they had at the Euros, obviously the downfall was that they didn't take them. 
Um, and if they continue to take them at this kind of rate, then they could be absolute force. Um, that's a problem for Germany because Germany looked, I think we all agree, very suspect defensively, particularly in that second half. And then I don't know what happened when Japan equalised. They just Germany just panicked, which is something you don't really see them yeah. do. Total um, panic. And they didn't know what to do. Um, so I've, that's that's a massive concern for me. The dynamics are slightly different here, obviously, because Germany have to go out and win. As Mark said, it could play into an absolute cracker in terms of a uh, will score more than you kind of game. Um, but yeah, the, the big concern is that, that Germany conceded over two expected goals to Japan, and this Spain team is a lot better in attack than, than Japan are. Um, I actually think I actually think that Spain are a big prize to win this game. The two point four four. I really do. I, I expect them to be a little bit shorter. They're obviously favourites to win the group ahead of Germany. Um, so in you know one-off game at a neutral venue, I'd have expected to see them around maybe two point two ish. So two point four four seems like a big price to me. So I'm happy to give um, to get Spain on side. I just think they'll be able to expose Germany's defensive weaknesses um, quite a lot. And and you know I'm not saying Spain are solid defensively themselves. I mean that he obviously doesn't trust any of his centre halves if he's got to play Rodri at centre back. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Spain will score more than Germany in this game. I think Spain to win and both teams to score is worth a bet at 4.6 as well, because I do think Germany will get on the score sheet. Um, yeah, I, I just can't trust that Germany defence. And I think the dynamic of Germany having to attack and having to play high up the pitch and having to score will just leave them too vulnerable for, for to this Spain team. And, and I think they, should, they, they could really pick them off. Trader and tipster extraordinaire, Emmett O'Keefe is winning another cap for us today. Uh, Emmett, I mean, this definitely feels like a game with goals, whichever way the result goes. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, we, should, get, we should get one of the most exciting games of the tournament here. As, as Mark was saying, just on Germany, I'm kind of, I'm reluctant, yeah, just I'm reluctant to kind of read too much in, in, into one game. I'm just interested to see what kind of changes Hansi, Hansi Flick makes this match in the sense that, I don't think you can play a four-two-three-one against Spain against Gavi, Gavi and Pedri, and 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 want and kind of press and get a decent share of possession. So I think we might see Flick maybe drop one of the forwards and play Liam Gretzky in a midfield three and try and and try and kind of pre- pre- press um, and press Spain that way. I mean, just to see if he does up front as well. Like Kai Havertz is the ultimate flatter to deceive player at the moment. Like I think he's like he's like up front. He's good for a few tackles. It seems like that's kind of about it. Like a guy of his ability, you'd expect to see him come deep and length to play but he just he really doesn't contr- contribute enough and I know um, Nicholas N- N- Nicholas Fulkrug he looks he kind of looks like kind of a, a more svelte version of John Park and he's a real unfashionable <laughs> look to him but playing as a kind of a number nine and giving the team a bit of a focal point I think might, might be a decent option and might kind of create space for especially Musiala who looked absolutely electric and that was kind of maybe a little bit lost in their in, in, in their defeat to Japan yeah I'm just in, again in terms of not overreacting to game one like Danny almost got one goal in the league for RB Leipzig this season. Ferran Torres hasn't done much for Barcelona, and like Marco Asensio is in the decent to good goodish categories. Not he, he not he's not close to regular starter at Madrid. So like as good as Spain were, I don't think I, I wouldn't read too much into, into that Costa Rica game. But this game, if you if you've weak forwards, the one thing even not great forwards can expose is space, which Germany should get them should, should get them in this match. So. I think, yeah, kind of a high-scoring game that could go either way, but the, just the, the value I liked here was Ferran Torres scoring any time at around 9-4. to four. Just without Morata there, he's probably Spain's biggest goal threat. 
I just we've seen how much for all the penalties have played in this tournament coming in coming in at close to close to one they're basically nearly an even money shot so far in in, in the matches we've seen and you can, and uh, and Ferentar was on penalty duty against Costa Rica so in a game where Germany's kind of defensively stretched them I think we, we Spain Spain penalties are fairly fairly conceivable outcome so Ferentar scoring time looks a bit of value to me seem to remember Ferran Torres got a hat-trick against Germany as well when Spain beat them 6-0. So certainly he's proven he can score against them. Uh, this football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description, 18+. plus. See gambleaware.org. Elsewhere in that group, Japan face Costa Rica. The Blue Samurai, 1.47 to take the win. Mark, we know they were fantastic in that second half against Germany. If they can maintain that speed and energy, you've got to think they can overwhelm Costa Rica and then they're on the cusp of qualification. Yeah, um, I think you're right to assume that. Uh, tremendous result, obviously, against Germany. But um, you know, if you simulated that game and the expected goal chances uh, per shot, basically uh, 10,000 times, Germany were far more likely to score five goals than they were to score just one goal, uh, which kind of goes to show how dominant they were at least in the first uh, hour before they conceded um clearly japan's changes changed the course of the game for them um the substitutions and, that, and that's my worry really is their head coach moriasu is is quite pragmatic by nature um and i guess with three points in the bag against germany um, you need him to be brave beating the the team who are bottom of the group and and quite rightly the the kind of massive outsiders of this pool so you need him to sort of release the the handbrake earlier and, and ask Japan to be a bit more front foot in this match because there's a you know there's three points waiting for them if they do take that approach with them. Um, Costa Rica were you know to call them embarrassment would be kind really and we've kind of already sort of done them down enough. But um, just very concerned by the fact that they down tools quite so easily. Uh, as I say, the defensive line seemed all wrong. Um, no sort of hustle and bustle in Spain's faces. No nastiness. No battle. Um, just didn't make life awkward for them. So. You've got to assume they're going to be better, um, or at least put in a, a bit more of a shift this time around. So, you know, Japan were 1.8 at the start of November to win this match. Now, as you say, they're no bigger than, than 1.47. So, a big move in Japan's favour. So, um, you know, finding proper value feels like it might have already gone and passed. But if he had to be involved, I guess Japan to win and both teams to score no, or Japan to win to nil uh, feels like possibly one of the, the better bets um, on offer, which is around sort of five to four, 2.25. Uh, not a great price, but um, probably the one I'd, I'd, I'd sort of side to because uh, you, you expect their extra quality to tell in the final third in Costa Rica going forward, as we saw against Spain, uh, but not just against Spain, go back to the qualifying rounds and just traditionally just don't offer a huge amount going forward. The head coach is renowned for setting his teams up in defensively minded um, systems and formations uh, and they've just not got enough individual quality in the final third to, to trouble most teams so um, yeah I, I actually think there's a lot of pressure on Japan coming into this game just because the, the expectation is on them to now win this game and seal qualification and that can often be a sort of something I get a little bit concerned about especially with a, a team like Japan who aren't used to that kind of levels of expectation so um, just a bit wary actually. Well, let's move on to Belgium against Morocco. The Moroccans play pretty well in their draw with Croatia. And although Belgium beat Canada, Jake, they were somewhat underwhelming, truth be told. Just a bit. <laughs> that was, uh, I think, based on the info goal rate. Tepid up front and bad at the back. But apart from that, they were great. Uh, yeah, that that was... Um, 
Yeah, that was the second biggest shock based on the expected goals uh, behind only Saudi Arabia um, beating Argentina. So just to put into perspective how bad Belgium were, uh, conceded 2.9 expected goals, generated just 0.98, which is a really poor performance for a team that were what the eighth, ninth favourites to win the tournament. Um, yeah, really concerning. Um, I think Roberto Martinez said as much in his post-match interview. Maybe not to that extent of saying how concerned he was, but he, you could tell he was extremely relieved to just get three points to get out of there um, because that was not a very good performance. And yeah, it, it, it's you know we, it's one of those where the team there's 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 a lot of individual quality in there. There's a lot of aging players and there's a lot of interesting youth, younger players that he could bring in. I thought Onana was really good when he came on. He, he gave them a little yeah. bit of. Uh, well, what they needed, legs. They just didn't have any legs in the team at all. Well, better than Witzel, who looked completely marooned in that yeah. team. Yeah, and, and Tillemans. I didn't think Tillemans looked looked very good either. So, um, yeah, that, I think he, he has to start in the next game. But this is a fascinating game for me because I think I think Morocco would probably take a draw here and move on to the Canada game with knowing that a win probably puts them through. Um, generally, when Morocco go about their business, they are defensively... You know, they think defence first. Uh, and that might be more the case this, this game because they're playing against a good attacking team. But also, uh, we're still waiting to hear on the injury update from uh, about Masrawi, who's obviously one of the main attacking outlets down the left-hand side. So that might, um, you know, scupper their attacking um, thoughts. Yeah, I, I just sort of thought both teams to score no was a big price at 2.05. I know Mark has, has said on the... Um, previous podcast about the fact that in the second round of matches generally the the goal average goes up um but I, I just think this morocco team the way in which they set up to be hard to beat first of all um you know for example both teams scored no has landed in 24 of the last 35 international matches so it's there's a really high percentage of, of matches there um and a belgium team who didn't look very good going forward at all um you know it was just a one long ball over the top that, that led to the Mitchell goal. Um, well, the same token, I don't think they'll be as, as bad defensively in this game. I think they'll tighten a few things up. They'll, they'll, they'll have worked on that. There might be a few, you know new personnel brought in there. Um, and Morocco, I don't think, will play as as high-pressing game as what Canada did. I don't think they've got the pace all over the front of the pitch to be able to do that and pin Belgium back and really create that many good chances. So I think it could be quite a low-scoring game. And I, I do think that both teams would probably take a point and move on to the next game. So both teams to score now. I thought it should have been odds-on. I thought it should be the favourite in the market. Um, so I'm happy to have a small play on, on that at 2.05. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Jake. I think Morocco are going to try and make it really tough for Belgium and we didn't see much creativity at all from Belgium. Emmett, is that how you would think about this one? Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with Jake said. I think like it's one of these things where like sometimes teams are a bad matchup for the other. I think Canada's athleticism and their kind of pace, pace and energy in the break was the worst possible team that, that kind of Belgium could have played. But just yeah, that's it's the joys of football betting. Like I was unbelievably negative on Belgium going into the tournament. I'd had bets of them not to qualify from the group, but it's kind of like your opinion was right, but then the result doesn't go doesn't yeah. go your way. How I feel against Canada, and I'm not sure Morocco are quite good enough to kind of to kind of to to to, re, to really expose Belgium. I think yeah, Morocco's plan I'd say will be ideally grind grind out a nil all and then kind of focus on the Canada game if, if you'd offered them if you'd offered them kind of a, a game against Canada and then if you win that you're guaranteed qualification they would 100% have taken that pre-tournament so I think that that's that's kind of the way they'll approach it 
the, the betting angle I I like here would probably be Hakimi. We don't have price at the, at the moment, but Hakimi shots or shots on target. He was kind of odds maybe five to four, six to four in, in against Croatia to have a shot on target. He'll be on, he'll be on free kicks again as and he he had a shot on target. And, uh, he could have a very good free kick which. which which was saved against Croatia, and just if Belgium do score, Hakimi will will bomb forward, and and he'll look to kind of take it upon himself to have to, to, to take on the shots, given how kind of Morocco kind of lacking a little bit of quality in in, in attack. So yeah, kind of if you're especially if you're doing a bet build in the game, um, Hakimi shot on target at, at odds against or two two plus two two plus shots at around two to one be the way I'd look. And finally, Croatia-Canada, which was the game that all the guys wanted to give tips for. They were falling over each other uh, to give me tips for Croatia-Canada. But I'm giving the honour to Marco Hare because you've got a big long shot for us, haven't you? Yeah, um, we haven't got a huge You look range. scared there, Mark, as if you didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it's just a kind of one for just a, bit, a couple of quid, a bit of beer money ready to go on. But... Um, we haven't got card markets yet. And we don't have a referee yet, which is a shame because I, I think this could have a, a lot of spice about it just based on John Herdman's comments post-match against Belgium. Um, if you miss them, he basically said he told his players not to worry about the defeat to Belgium because he was proud of their performance. They deserve more from that game and they will be back this weekend to, in quotes, F Croatia. Um, now, that <laughs> comment has reached the Croatian camp and uh, they're aware of it. Uh, and if their performance um, against... Uh, you know, uh, Morocco hasn't clued them in. You can bet those comments definitely will kind of fuel that fire, I guess. And I guess the Croatians don't need a huge amount of encouragement to be involved in a bit of violence when needs be. So um, they weren't anywhere near their best against Morocco. I thought the Moroccans uh, pinned them back and, and played really well, actually. You know, it was a, a lot of it went through Modric pulling the strings as ever, but things didn't really click in front of him. So um, I guess the jury is out. Surprised that Lovren was brought back into the team. Fortunately for him, he's alongside yeah. Gavardiol, who's a future star in the making at centre-half, as you'll know very well from his days in the, in the Bundesliga, Kev. But um, for Canada, I think it's just going to be a rinse and repeat job, really. Uh, just hell for leather, go for it from the off. Really pin Croatia back and just be all energy, all physicality. I don't think Alfonso Davies was was fully fit um, in that first game. He should be better for it uh, coming into this match too. So, you know, they, they were 13-3 up on the shot count after just 40 minutes. Um, you know, just lacked a bit of composure in the final third, really, and uh, could easily have been in a, a much better position. So if you want a big price, there's 30-1 to 1 out there on uh, Canada to lead at half-time and Croatia to win at full-time. We saw the, the Canucks kind of... Um, Run out of gas a bit in that second half, uh, sort of blew themselves out uh, with that early bluster. So um, I think Croatia are obviously quite wise, quite smart, and they've got such technicians across the midfield. They can probably survive the most part of this match and pick them off towards the end of the game. Um, you know, Belgium didn't have to be very good at all to get the result against Canada. So, um, yeah, possibly a little lack of experience, a lack of composure from the Canadian boys there. But, yeah, if they do start with the, that front foot approach, wouldn't be too surprised if they did get a goal before half time uh, and blow themselves out in the second half. So about 30 to 1 on the flip flop. Lovely stuff. That's all we have time for on this edition of World Cup Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. If you want the best tips and insight delivered straight to your inbox, and why wouldn't you want that, you can sign up for our World Cup newsletter at betting.betfair.com. And while you're there, you can see all of the other excellent preview content we have on the website. From Emmett, from Jake, from Mark and from me, it's goodbye for now. <laughs> 